Div one, yeah. So when National I National League Div one. Yeah, when I left Brighton, there's another conversation that Nurse had with me. He said, Look, we've had a good season. I'm bringing in an American, Ralph Blaylock, who was at Newcastle. So he said, Again, we'll we're gonna give you the same money as you got last year. Or do you want to go and play division one where you could play 30, 35 minutes a game, or are you gonna stay here and play four or five minutes a game? And a lot of players might have gone, oh, I'm just gonna stay because I'm in the BBL. Yeah. And I'll happily sit on the bench, but that wasn't me. I was like, no, nah, I'm not sitting on the bench. I want to play basketball. So I left and went for Solent, and Solent matched the money that Bears were going to give me. And that was my first season with the um, Solent Stars when Alan Cunningham was my coach. Alan Cunningham, absolute legend. Do you remember Matt Story and Matt Crawford? Do you ever remember these guys? Um, these two Americans that were my first. Matt Story was a complete scorer. Matt Crawford was a big man. They were I've probably tough. seen them. I, I don't recall the names, um, but I would have... I would have been there. Yeah. I would have been there. On I the old always hoops. The hoops that you could get a dunk on. Do you remember the hoops before they were the thick, heavy ones that they used to have? They were like they were very thin padded backboards. And if you got the if you got the bounce just at the right time, you could dunk it in the warm-up. <laughs> the rims were old, old rims. I remember I remember um in Portsmouth, who was it? Someone smashed the rim. Do you know they've got the in the Mount Bands and they got the big rings that come yeah. down? Someone went and dunked that absolutely smashed, and it was almost like the whole place went. Well, what do we do? Yeah, there's, there's what game do we abandoned. Do? We I, wheel them I, out. I think they did have another basket from somewhere. They yeah. had like a sp- one that they did wheel out. Uh, I'm sure they Boys did. Boys one. Um, <laughs> but you put the water in the base, <laughs> but um, lower it down. Yeah, I just remember. Just I remember as a kid seeing all this glass on the floor. But so in those days, was that the old Fleming Park? The, yeah, the yeah. Silent Stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cla- yeah. The old Fleming Park. Alan was my coach. Alan was a character himself. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a Harlem Globetrotter. Alan was a funny guy. He was. He was a Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah. 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 You just look at him. You think your shoulders are so wide. He's he's a, he's a big guy. He was he was a, he was a alright coach. He used to fire us up. He used and to get us going. I was going to say, how did he translate from going to player to coach? I think. Secretly, he would have loved to have been player coach. Yeah. But at that point, yeah. Nah. Yeah, I played for him and his, his assistant. It is interesting to see the trajectory of some players where they suddenly become coaches and go, oh, okay. Well, don't forget, Alan Cunningham, by this point, I mean, he must have been 40-something, mustn't yeah, he? nearly 50, yeah. Yeah. Like, Alan could have stepped on the court and got 20, 10, 15 rebounds if he wanted to. In that <laughs> yeah. But he just, you know, he was on the sidelines coaching. But he had us... That was my first <laughs> experience training at 9 to 11 in the evening. On a Tuesday night, we used to train 9 to 11 at Fleming Park. You'd go home, you'd be like, right, I'm starving. Eat, go to bed at like 1. It was a bit nuts. 9 to 11. It was hard to motivate yourself to play basketball at 9 o'clock at Jeez, night. Jeez, do you eat after? This is it. It's like... And then a lot Can't of guys get a drive-through there, man. Can nah, you, man. A lot of guys <laughs> had to get up and go to work. 
yeah, nine to eleven on a Tuesday, a lot of guys will tell you that that was a bit challenging. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got two parts to this question, and it's the transition that you went from BBL to the NBL. Yeah, what was that like? Like in terms of the actual basketball, but yeah. also in terms of like you as a person, because you were talking about you know getting into architecture and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like. Oh, I need to go get a job. Yeah. So what? Th- that's kind of the two parts of my question. What's yeah, that transition? The, the, tra- like? the first bit was you you started to see the difference in professionalism. Like we weren't training every day. Guys weren't all going to the gym, and like half of your bench obviously had full time jobs. So you, now you've gone from guys that just committed their life to basketball, all of us in the weight room training, traveling together, that side of the BBL, and then you went to Div One where guys train twice a week late nights not everyone could make it every week you know some people like i said had jobs and then all of a sudden i'm thinking right um i need to find a second source of income i've got all this free time so i start up set up my own little coaching company going into primary schools and charging kids to like sessions for an hour every day um made a bit of money doing that and then i joined natwest bank because i was trying to find stuff to do with my time so i, I was on the telephones at bloody natwest bank so you went from bbl where you didn't have to worry about none of that to now this is reality but i was playing 38 minutes a game loved it loved it i didn't that I, makes a big I, difference i just it? got to play and yeah. you know it's more relaxed i didn't have if you, americans creeping up your heels if you could be critical to yourself yeah did your standard of basketball improve i think yeah due to the amount of time i had on the court hands, like, on, hands still, on the ball there were still two americans in every team yeah, and there were some very good Americans. You have Ralph Bucci up in Newcastle that could play. Uh, Jason Swain was at Teesside after he left Manchester. Uh, EJ Harrison was at Reading. I mean, these these guys could play. So every team had two Americans that kind of just equaled themselves out. And then whoever had the best, best British team was going to win it. And it was always the likes of Manchester were very good at the time. Manchester Giants. You had Reading Rockets that were quite tough at the time. Yeah, and then you had the London United, the the young boys from London coming for the ranks. So yeah, it was it was challenging. I felt it more competitive in Div One than the BBL. Oh wow! Yeah, just just because everyone was kind of like on it even, you know, the playing field was a little more even. Whereas the BBL, yeah, you had you had some very good Americans, and um, you you were kind of fighting it out with London Towers. Birmingham Bullets were pretty tough and then ourselves Manchester Giants were massive at the time and Sheffield Sharks they were just drawing in all of the top athletes yeah my, yeah, Division 1 was was fun <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my mind but please tell me when you're working at the bank yeah. you phone someone and someone's like Mark Jackson <laughs> no, yeah no, you're, you're, not allowed to say, you're not allowed to say that <laughs> it was it was interesting job I worked at nine till two. I used to be like, hi, welcome to that West. How can I help you? And then you have guys go, how much money have I got in my bank? And you'd have to tell them. And then they'd be like, you took money out of my account. I didn't take it out of your account. Some direct debits come out, mate. It's your problem. But then it, you, there'd be times where someone's talking to you and you'd just be like, oh, I'm done. And you just like hang up on them. <laughs> so I was that guy. Or if it rings, the phone's ringing and it's like three minutes before clocking off time. That phone's just ringing. No one's answering that phone. Or double click. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. You're talking to someone, someone, someone. I recognize your voice. You. I worked for NatWest. Wow. Did you? Six months. What on the phones? 
No, well, I actually, weirdly, I got behind the till a few times. Oh, really? not. Yeah. I was there to do the IT because they were, when they merged with Royal Bank of Scotland, yeah. they were merging their systems. That's right, yeah. And I got a, some random, like, temp job for, like, six months as part of doing that project. Yeah. They were then getting shorthanded, and they were like, do you want to jump on now? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, That's fine. All you got to do is just take these things and swipe it from here. And they literally gave me a crash course, like, one afternoon. Just do this stuff. If you're not sure, just ask the person next to you. Yep. Uh, seriously, and they're like, yeah, because we haven't done this thing yet and whatever. And if if, if you're bored, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. They wouldn't let me, it's weird. They wouldn't let me do some things, but they're quite happy for me to handle people's money and put it in and out of their bank. Makes no sense to me at all. No. I was like, was I, just job. get me out there to chat to people. Yeah. No, no, you can't do that. It, it was nuts. They used to make you go to work in bloody shirt and tie and trousers. I'm like, I'm on yep. the phone here. Why do I need to be wearing shirt, tie and trousers? <laughs> Bit daft. But that you did is, it. It's just extra money. So that's, I find it fascinating that you, you were enjoying your basketball more because you've got more court time. Yeah. And the know, minutes make a big difference. It makes a huge it? difference, don't they? Yeah, because I was able to play the one and then play my style of basketball as mm -hmm. opposed to backing up Americans and just... You'd always... Back in the BBL used to be like, right, don't mess up, don't mess up. If you don't, if you mess up, you're probably coming out. Whereas in the Division 1, it was a case of you are... I was more... not The, the, the superstar-y type word is, is a bad word, but you come down from the BBL, you are a BBL player, you're given more responsibility, you're allowed to play more freedom, you can play your way. You didn't get grilled out as much as you would have done in the BBL if you turned the ball over once or twice. You know, you were you were seen to be. A, we need you to score. You've come down to help us. You're now like like there was five Americans in the VBL and there's two Americans in Div One. You were kind of like on that caliber with those Americans. You've come down to help. Mm. So yeah, you had a bit more freedom in Div One, which I enjoyed. And so what happened then? So how long did that transition between the Solent Stars and the Trailblazers? Like so yeah, so I was there for, I was probably at Solent, I don't even remember years, you four are, or five years, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was a while. I was there a while, yeah, because it was local, loved playing at Flemmer Park, was was buzzing. And then, I don't know what it was, whether it was politics or something with the owners, and it, it just didn't feel right. And then um, Sylvan Donu came in as assistant coach for the for Solent Stars when I was there. And I really loved playing for Sylvan. And then... We were just having some conversation and we didn't like the way the club was being run at the time by the men the men set up it was separate from the juniors and we didn't like it was being organized so we said let's just let's just set our own one up that's because i was coaching for blazers at the time so you had blazers junior program you had solent's junior program i was playing for solent member i was coaching for juniors at blazers and i knew the committee quite well and i've been there for years coaching and they always said they wanted a men's team so we were like, let's just set one up and see what happens and enter Division 4. So a lot of the guys left Solent and came with us. So Anthony Rutter, David, <laughs> David Butterworth. And we, you we, took half the squad. Yeah, we took a few you guys. A few guys that were just like, it's not for me. I don't like the way it's being run. So we went and played for Blazers in a Div 4. We went in 16-0 and 0 with Sylvan, like Div 4. Oh, this 16 okay. and 0. So yeah, this well, is think, where. Mate, well, I look at it, I think, man, we went 16 and 0. And then you go, it was Div 4, and we'd come down from Div 1 type thing, some of the players. So we, we were hope we should have won. How do you keep your skills up yeah. in that instance? Because yeah. if you're there steamrolling everyone, yeah. 
people take their foot off the gas. Yeah, it's tough at times. But yeah, going 16, that was league, that was league and cup games. It was, it was fun to play because I was playing now with kids I either coach like David Butterworth. And there was a kid, Dan Clark, came back from America who was very talented. And then we had Sylvan, Paul Silcox. We had a, um, we had a good team. Um, and Sylvan was at the helm. So then we won Div 4, moved up to Div 3, did well there. Obviously played you guys at Portsmouth. No, in Division 2. Div 2, I when think you was, come yeah. up. And then, um, and then after that's when I retired. It was a bit of a case of, right, I'm having a family now. Time to, you know, call it a day and, and stop playing. But then the, the itch comes. So everyone will tease me and say, you've retired <laughs> like twice. How many times are you going to retire, Jax? You've retired like twice. Because I quit and then I came back and played. Then I had another season off and I played. You just, I just can't stop playing. Yeah. I don't think you ever retire, man. You just keep playing at different levels. But the thing I would say about Jax is, is his actual ability. I mean, look, he's an ex-BBL player. His longevity yeah. and his skill. He played um, for Hamble. A, a local league team against a national league div three team in a like pre oh, yeah. pre-season friendly and this was what back in september or yeah you were like there that? watching it they, they, they tough they, yeah these young, young athletes were running around us but <laughs> and i was sat i was watching the game doing a bit of media and then i was watching a bit of the game and i was sat stood there with steve davison and we were like you can see Jax's ability with no disrespect at 47 yeah arguably the best player on the court still against the National League Div 3 team it was like just the handling the passing of the ball it was like you could still play National League if you wanted to don't listen to him Mark he could still play National League Um, that's what I I said about LeBron I think it was the last episode I said older he gets the more respect i have for him yeah because i appreciate his acumen yeah and i appreciate what he brings to the game they're the subtleties it's the looks yeah it's the way you hold the ball it's like when someone does a great presentation yeah then they pause and they wait and it's those moments that you go you can't teach that that's experience and knowledge and it's hands on the ball and it's time and yeah. it's making a few muck-ups <laughs> it's also having a breather <laughs> hold the ball you have a breather yeah well but th- that whole even just that mentality of get the ball dribble it's yeah. like just getting rid of that I've yeah got, some of that's crept back in i've noticed recently in some of the nba games people are just getting that ball and it's straight down and you're like that's what on. they're taught now like anyone who gets a rebound go really yeah i remember what my wife rebecca was teaching at, um she was coaching at oakland Wolves. she did a little bit of coaching and um when she lived in london and it literally they're taught whoever gets the rebound at junior level just turn and go and everyone just fills a lane there's no positions anymore it's all positionless basketball so you get it and go you can run to the corners you run to the slots but now everyone should learn everything people are using the corners a lot more and certainly in the senior games yeah. uh, across all of the leagues yeah. Euro basket everyone they're all using that bottom corner now. you can't leave shooters like everything changed when it went to no help defense on the ball side yeah someone drives baseline you can't help off a corner you stay at home there's too many shooters now in the corner the, the mentality is you don't cheat off the the help side how do you defend that yeah someone has to come from the other side but then if you if you take people like myself and dave and we were playing division two with blazers we've been taught to help on any kind of drive 
mm. most of childhood. Sylvain was telling Dave, "Don't, don't help," and he just couldn't. He couldn't mentally get it in his head. He's like, "No, I'm not. I'm gonna go and help." But yeah, it's just how basketball's taught now. Get flatten the defense out. We tell our kids at college. We're, we're, I'm coaching that way now. I'm coaching that you've got to run wide and long and deep. So how do you teach a child? Then I guess there's an advantage to that because back in our era, it was very much like you were a guard. Exactly. I was a forward. Yeah. And then as we all grew. Wow, someone's just been in an accident outside. Yeah, probably my car. Living in the city. <laughs> you told me not to park in that car. Wow, well, <laughs> you know. But that, you know, when everyone grew, it was a case of, I, I, I'm not a guard. Yeah. But then everyone was six foot six. Like, well, I'm not six foot six. So yeah, I, where do I don't, fit? Where do I fit? I'm not. But, you know, I just have to get more aggressive. Yeah. Whereas he could slot into being a guard. And still actually then play that role. Yeah. Or play down low and have the, the back on that. So I guess the advantage of not having that position is that you're teaching people more of a, a rounded game. Yeah, that's the, that's the aim of it now. You think every player should be able to handle the ball. That's every player should be able to rebound. Every player should have good footwork in the post. I don't want to see a seven-foot person get to the three and jack one up. I just don't want to see it. It's boring. Like Victor. It's boring. Guy's seven foot plus. Seven, not, yeah, he's seven winning foot many five, games, no, and they're, they're like, not, they're they? yeah, what they're three for like twelve. That's or the other thing that I watched. A, three and I 12, saw I an interesting post saying, I think it might have been Barkley or Shaq or someone that said, everyone's getting excited about seeing this seven foot four Victor in the league, and it's like, don't act like that's the only time you've ever seen a seven foot four guy in the league. Like Bol Bol's been in the league some time now. Manute Bol's been in the league. But it's because he's seven foot four and he handles like a guard and yeah. he plays like a, you know, it, that's what's so unique about him. Literally, I saved that today. No word of a lie. There you go, Manute Bowl looking at Barkley. Look at that, Barkley and Manute Bowl. I yeah. never forget Manute Bowl when he caught the ball and put it under his leg. He like wrapped it under his leg and then passed it. Yeah, These are, just, those are the old school videos. Do you remember those VHS? Like yeah, dancing, dancing dunks and basketball boopers. Jam that's the one session. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Or come fly with me when it first come out and then went to the one mixtape yes there's oh. another good documentary so many that was that was a good one and the rise and fall of and one do you know what uh the full of love of basketball from kobe that one yeah that's, that's good too. superb he did a great job of that it is very interesting how even people who don't play basketball mm. can appreciate those in mm. particular a lot of sports you have to I don't know if anyone would watch necessarily a football documentary in the same way they'd have as a well maybe football's disadvantage because that's that's pretty much a universal sport but there's a lot of not many other sports like cricket or rugby or any of the other ones don't lean into it the same way people do with basketball players for some reason i don't know why that is mm. so I, I completely lost what your point was there I was this, listening. This is he's what I, have. I was listening he's to your to words. We're getting to the bottom of his list. That's what he's thinking. I was this listening to your wife. words and going, "Your wife." What? I feel sorry for her. This is what she gets. All you oh, heard was. Nah, 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 nah. No, I was listening. <laughs> I was trying to work. <laughs> anyway, right, Jack. So yes. we're at the Trailblazers now. Yeah. So you retired five times. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so what was your favourite team? So you look, you've, you've played, uh, you've played Tigers. Yeah? Yeah. BBL, Thames Valley Tigers. Thames Valley Tigers. With the best kit ever made. Particular yeah. year? Just, just the... Paul James. The second year when Tony Christie come in. I, yeah, I had a good bond with TC. And John McCord, I got to play with him. Yeah, just the, the comrade. We had big Stuart McKay. 
Yeah, Martin Godfrey, this dude bootleg selling DVDs out the back of his boot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was fun. That was the fun team, yeah. I think with PJ. Don't get me wrong, I had fun on all teams, but that one was the where I felt most at home. Like the fans was ridiculous. We used to play at Bracknell Leisure Centre. It was called the Pit because it was it wasn't the nicest place. Now you look at some of these arenas like Caledonians and Sheffield's new arena. Man, it was Bracknell Leisure Centre. The floor was like concrete. But if you were in there, it was rowdy. Ah, uh, brilliant. The guys were right on court side. It was rowdy. How there, many would man. you get in there? Not, no, we're not talking thousands. We're talking, I don't know, 600, 700 maybe. But they were loud. You can make a lot and of noise. It, it was an intimidating place to play. Yeah, we used to play some teams. back then. When you look at the stadiums they have now, we used to play Derby Trailblazers in some small pokey leisure centre, and that was loud. They were a rough, rough and ready team. Um, then we, I think the, probably the biggest arenas we played in was like Manchester, the MEN. Um, Birmingham had the, e, what's the Birmingham one? Is it EI, is it EIC or something like that, Birmingham? But we, yeah, we played in some big arenas in Brighton, but Bracknell Leisure Centre was rowdy. People used to hate coming to play at Bracknell. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember hearing someone about the Portsmouth FC basketball club days saying Bracknell, but or it was sorry, the, it was yeah, it was the Bracknell Tigers in those days saying it was always a tough away game. It was yeah. always just uh, the home crowd was just just like yeah. a bomb going off. I like the name the Pit. Yeah, man, I used to love going it. in the Pit. And then when we when we went to St Mary's when we were Trailblazers, we were trying to find a court to play in, and we had to go to St Mary's Leisure Centre in Southampton. And to me, that was the pit because that was that was a dive. <laughs> like if you put the ball in the centre circle, it used to roll to the corner of the sports hall. <laughs> You're like, this, this is not even level right now. But then all around the top was the balcony, so it just striked me as like a high school American gym where the kids would be up there. And our juniors used to be up top, and they would just be banging on the boards. I remember Brixton coming 45 minutes late to tip one time. Oh wow! Yeah, and they were for whatever reason they were late, and they were strolling in because they were Brixton top cats, and our kids were just letting them have it. They were, ooh ah yeah, ooh ah yeah, and these guys were looking around to say, "What the hell is going on here?" And then we, yeah, we ended up smacking them as well. But the kids would just let you have it. St Mary's was quite a loud place to play. So what happened there then? Why why did the game just go like you've lost the game? You're late. You're lost. Oh yeah, they just showed up for the tip late. Well, they knew they were coming late. They just held on to the game, and the game started late. I'd, I suppose, I suppose it'd be amazing as a coach if they walked in the gym and the ref was like, three minutes. Yeah, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, that's like yeah. But I remember what I learned a rule when I was at Thames Valley. We got off the bus late against Derby, and uh, I learned the rule that because I used to go out and get, we used to get changed real quick, get out there, start getting some reps up. And he said, no one step on the court until we're all ready. Because they're going to say, as soon as someone steps on, they're going to start the 20 minutes. Ah. So we all had to go, wait in the change room. We walked out as a team, stood on the side of the court and stretched like off the boards. So off the laminate floor, the, the wood floor they put out with the poster boards. We stood around behind the boards and stretched. And then when we were ready, we stepped on. And then they were like, right, we'll give you 20 minutes now. Wow, never thought of that. There's another they didn't want us to go out and get loose because somebody wouldn't get 20 minutes. There's another level, Mark. I know. Yeah. Another level going just on. Just all those, all those micro adjustments, isn't it? You got to make those things. Yeah. Well, Mark, look, I got a good, good transition. And again, I try not to blow smoke. Please in, don't. In Jax's yeah. direction. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. But my interaction with Mark genuinely was always 
he's the main guard on the opposition always so it was like i'll be honest for 20 years it was like oh freaking mark jackson it, it was that was my thought process with mark and um it was a bit like what you said about lebron and after a while the longevity and you get to a point i suppose when you mature you start appreciating it a bit yeah, yeah. a bit better and i remember and this is where the transition is i remember there was um, a gb masters tournament yeah and for me it was a bit of a switch where i started to think about mark in that way was when you started talking about your health so you were oh yeah worcester yeah worcester so there was a gb tournament i was playing for i think solent or winchester whatever yeah, you they came were called on the mcdonald and that didn't you yeah, yeah. Winchester. and um you were part of the gb setup at that point yeah and yeah and you telling me about your health and stuff yeah. like that and that's where it's like shit, no matter what you know you want people who are clearly amazing basketball players to be playing and not worrying about their health yeah and that's for me when the transition switched between mark being a competitor and me rooting for him almost in a way i don't know if that does that make sense what yeah, i'm saying yeah yeah i know what you're saying yeah as a as a fellow basketball player yeah yeah rather than seeing as each other as competitors we're more of a community yes exactly exactly so i mean do you want to tell that this story with yeah i don't mind I, yeah i get it yeah it, I, I think a lot of people know i had a brain hemorrhage so i was in the gym just literally working out at pure gym um getting ready to go to these european these masters and then a blood vessel just popped yeah it was a bit random so i felt like i had a headache and an earache but i had a migraine so i tried to drive home and then uh was convinced to ring 111 and pulled over and then the ambulance came and got me and took me up and they said yeah you had like a subcranial hemorrhage you just had a blood vessel pop so they said literally you're <laughs> one of the one of three so like one dies three gets brain damage and somebody just gets around a pop and goes on with their life and i just happened to be that guy so i was in the hospital for about three days until i could start to move my neck and then they sent me home so three months off work and then yeah three months later i'm back at work doing part-time and i wasn't allowed to play basketball for about four months five months but yeah it was that's when i saw you at worcester because i was supposed to play in that tournament with my teammates and they were like well you can't play so i went up and just was kind of asked to coach one of the teams on the sideline but yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit like wow but then all the controversy starts after on all the conspiracy theories because i had my second vaccine so everyone was like, oh, you had a vaccine and it gave you a brain hemorrhage. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here comes all the conspiracy oh theories. No. So no, it was, uh, I haven't had any problems since. I'm back playing. And yeah, it's, it's when, until you mentioned it, someone mentioned it at work the other day, that you, I've just forgotten about it. Just gone on two years ago now. You just think, right, it happened. So you're not going to get hit in a game. No. Go down and go to the ref. Oh, and they'll be like, <laughs> really, mate? Not really. Nah. I haven't tried it at work even. God, oh, Kev, my head's banging today at work. Can I go home? I haven't tried none of that. Fair. But no, it's wow. You That's it's mate, like one of three that didn't. Yeah. New, new perspective. Yeah, you yeah you're a bit like whew, dodged a bullet there. Yep. But then it was a case of right, do you stop playing and you start getting paranoid that something's going to happen again, or do you just live your life and go, well, I'm not stopping playing. If it happens, it happens. You know, you yep. can't you can't predict the future. No. If I wasn't playing because I was thinking something might reoccur, I think that would drive me more nuts than 
worrying about this. So, so you don't know if it was anything that you were doing that caused this? It no, was just they literally said there's no, we can't figure, there's no blood clots, there's no, there was no like um, other cause for it. They said just sometimes a blood vessel will just pop and there's no reason for it. It was, it was a bit random. I had headphones on like this, just skipping, doing some workouts and then just my ears started to hurt. Wow. Yeah, so they said that we can't give you a reason for it. Come back in in three months, we'll scan your head again. And then they said the blood's all gone. You're back to just do you now. Go about living your life. Yeah. The, the only... And look, I'm not going to get involved in any of the conspiracy stuff about this. The only thing... The only thing I'll say is, it was a conspiracy. No, yeah. I've, I've heard a <laughs> lot of people say they go through stuff and the advice they've got back is don't do anything for three three months five yeah. months six yeah. months don't do anything and it's like don't do anything and then it'll be fine yeah um and yeah so yeah but who knows who knows mm. um yeah well you're still here that's all that matters yeah exactly still, yeah matters. still here still playing still yeah it's not it's not even and then anymore. you ever have any injuries in your career playing career gotta be, got be ankles broke my nose yeah rolled my ankles had like a, a lateral shift which is weird. Like it's a, a lateral I was shift. running. I remember I was chasing back down this left-hand base like sideline, and someone passed the ball to the right of me. So as I was running to my left, I've turned my upper body to my right to try and steal the ball, and like a little bit of a like a bulgy disc. So my spine kind of just went whoop, like that. Oh. And I've had a bit of a what they call prolapse discs, touching like sciatic uh, nerves. Okay. So, so yeah, I've, yeah. I've had knee surgery, like shaved off a bit of meniscus, but yeah. Nothing to say that you can't play basketball anymore. No. Yeah. Just wear and tear, isn't it? Wear and tear. Well, you look, you play basketball from 10 years old. You know, you <laughs> yeah. can have... That's what someone said. What do you expect yeah. your knees to be like? You've been jumping up and down like a lunatic for 20-something That's years. That's going to be the problem with all the kids now. Yeah. With all the athletics in the game. That's why you're seeing everyone breaking things, bending things. And, you know, people who are like Jonathan Isaacs, like, what, seven foot? Yeah. 23 years old, had multiple leg injuries. Uh, Durant, look, look at all of them. They're all getting all these injuries because they're... Well, Mello went, less went down last just, night. He went yeah. down, he has had big problems with his ankles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way that they all train. And yeah. They, I don't know what it is, but... This all is this why they bring in this load management now, isn't it? Just to keep them playing longer. I mean, if you're the owner and you've got money and you're yeah. like... That money, got a ten that's year, six year contract with yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like you, look at Luel. Luel Deng was one of those guys that he made more money from not playing than yeah. You know when he put, like when he left the Lakers, they were giving him more money than he would have got if he played or something. Well, Britain's was, most famous basketball player. Yeah, gotta be still getting Possibly. his money. I actually looked up how many uh, British um, basketball players there are in the states at the moment. It's a it's loads. It's a lot yeah. more than I thought it was. It was tons. Have a yeah. look. Yeah. Um, there's just not many that make that break over and as you were saying Mark about that feeder yeah. it was always about the colleges yeah. and that's why it's so interesting nowadays where they're looking in Europe they're looking outside of those places yeah. and just because you go to one of those top tiers doesn't Don't mean you're going to make it no. Cam Hildreth's out there now I wish Cam Hildreth like, he's at Wake Forest isn't he his dad Danny Hildreth used to play in the BBL he's now at like a um, coaching down at Trinity College but his son yeah Cameron's a big name in basketball in the UK and he's at Wake Forest oh wow yeah so he's I think he's obviously trying to make his 
name for himself and try and get into the league. But I see Cameron going somewhere like somewhere in Europe. Would you want to go? In, I mean, I'm going to say, would you want to go in the NBA? I guess what all of us would have. But would you want to go to Europe first and then go into the NBA? Probably get. Yeah, it's not a bad transition. Be an interesting transition, wouldn't it? Yeah. To go cut your teeth there for a couple of years. You think like Luca? He was 16 playing in Europe. Yeah. And then came, over, teeth, and says, came over and was like 19, 20. NBA is the easiest league he's played in, etc. Because he's like, I've got more space. I've got plenty of time with yeah, things. They don't call fouls. Watch on Disney. That um, it's another, even another Disney. I know you see you writing them down. It's one about the G League. Sponsored by Disney. I know it's either (laughs) it's either Disney or like Prime. I think it's on Prime actually. It's about the G League. Yeah, we're not giving Bezos any money. He can pay for that. Yeah, I've seen. I haven't (laughs) seen it, but I've seen it pop up. I've seen it pop up. It's to do with the the journey of the G League player and how the G League player is trying to transition to the NBA and how hard it actually is to get a 10-day yeah. contract. Even probably possibly harder for those guys because... Oh, flip it the other way. Have you seen Mac McClung in yeah. the G League? He's absolutely flying. He got picked... He was won the dunk competition mm. what, two years in a row? Mm. Like that. No, one year. He only entered one year, was right? Was it one year? And he was yeah. going to enter the other, but then he... So it was $100,000, wasn't it? That was more money than he'd made his whole season or something. Yeah, then he got picked up by Orlando Magic and everyone was like, oh, he's got a dunk champion. They didn't do anything with him, chucked him in the G League. He's like the MVP of the G League at the moment. But has he found his spot? Yeah, like I did in Division 1. Yeah, do you want to go and play in the G League? Yeah. That that's what I was when when you were saying yeah. about that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like he's found that's where he that's that's, that's his where he spot. Lives. Yeah. And he's brilliant in there. Yeah. I'm just trying to find this player now. I think I've found him. I hope I hope this is him because I'm about to say these stats wrong. I, I, I'm very confident it's him. Um, I love absolutely love this story, which is Andre Ingram. Do you know who this is? Yeah. Is it is it the one the one I'm talking about? Did, yeah. yeah. So Mark, just for, for your information, this is two-time NBA D League three-point contest champion, uh, two-time NBA G League Sportsmanship Award. Uh, two-time first-team All-Patriot League, second-team okay. All-Patriot League, Rookie of the Year, all-team all Rookie of the Year. So this guy is in the G League, in the D League, and he was playing with, uh, I don't know if they called the Lakers, but they're playing with the LA team, mm. yeah? Yep. And he was coming towards the end of the career, and he oh, was one of those... Game you talk about, the old black dude. Yeah, he's yeah, one yeah, of yeah. those characters that everyone just, just loved being part of and yeah. he never got to play in the NBA so what the Lakers did they signed him for I, I think it was a 10 day contract yeah you can get 10 days of yeah Andy Johnson signed him didn't he there's a video of him signing him and what was amazing he came into a game and I think he hit like three or four yeah. threes or something like threes. that yeah. oh really unorthodox shot but yeah he got yeah, the he ball got checked bam in. went in it was yeah bam went in all of a sudden it was like great game Oh man, this guy could like he's hitting his shots. I can't remember which it was. It, it might have been Chris Paul that met him at the halfway line when he checked in and gave him a high five. I can't remember who it was, but someone gave him some respect when he checked in the game. Yeah, but he was. If you hit that one for that first three, if you hit that three, yeah, and that goes in, I'd be like, that's it, take me out, I'm done. I want to live 100% with a hundred percent record. He was nearly forty, wasn't he? I remember yeah, him. he had like little grey tints in his afro. I can't remember what number he was, but it, maybe it was 22. Might it be. might have been 22 or 24. No, oh, you can't no, be 24. No, 22. Maybe it was 22. I've got um, a feeling that sounds familiar. But um, it was uh, oh, it was a great moment. And then I think they actually played him for a, a second game. And then it, it wasn't as 
memorable that one. No, <laughs> I think he, he threw up like three three shots, none of them went in, or something like that. But um, anyway, that was I, that story popped in my head whilst you guys were talking about that. But going back to that transition, so yeah. right, Fimba, yeah. GB, yeah. What's what's all that like for you? So the, you, you know about the program because you're trying to get into it as well. Trying, yeah. You're in the forty plus, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So the Jim Fimba GB came around. After these Masters tournaments that we will all go to in Norwich and play, Nicky Shaw sent out a post saying there's a European Championships coming up in Malaga. We want to send a team from Great Britain. So they had trials. So we went down to Kent and I tried out in Kent and there was one in Manchester and then they collectively brought a bunch of 40 plus guys together, ex-pros, like BBL and NBL players. And we all just competed once a month trying to get to, to Malaga. And then I went out with the 45 plus trained and then we spent 10 days in Malaga playing against Spain, Italy, Poland, Norway and Switzerland. Um, so we played like five games in seven days, had a couple of days off here and there, which was inter- it was a lot of fun. Big eye opener to see how fit 40 f- 45 and 50 year olds still are playing at a fast pace. over Especially in, in Italy. Spain. Yeah, Italy were nice and they beat us on the buzzer. This dude hit a three as he was falling out of bounds. It was it was tragic. But yeah, we played Spain. Uh, we didn't do as well as we wanted to. I think we went out there a bit naive to how good it was actually going to be. But the tournament was really set set up really well. Um, and now we've come back. I'm going to Mercia actually on Saturday. Uh, sorry, Friday to go and play in Spain. So we're going out to play in Mercia. Oh, wow. Yeah, so myself and some of my teammates, there's 10 of us. You play two games Saturday, two Sunday, and then we'll fly back Sunday night. But that's a get, that's just a tournament run out in Spain, so anyone can enter it. So this, so for your information, you'll get you'll get masters tournaments in different countries, yeah. all over Europe, all over the world. But you get the European Championships and the World Championships will just be a set thing. Yeah. So because the they just literally announced today, the FIBA just announced the Road to the World Cup, uh, for the it's not World Cup, Road to the Olympics. Yeah, and they just announced the four places it's going to be, and it's going to be in Valencia, um, San Juan. Uh, Riga, I think it is, mm. and a place I can't pronounce in Greece. Oh. There's the four countries. And that's going to be the feeder for the Olympics to go in for France. Because that'd be quite cool next year, wouldn't it? Yeah. The Paris Olympics. Yeah, is that what... Do they base the World Championships of the Masters on that? No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's the same thing where they do it in different places. They oh, have okay. it in different countries. Yeah. And that's all the qualifications, all the feeders. For everything. Yeah. So yeah, this good. one it keeps next on week. its toes, doesn't yeah, it? it? Keeps yeah. it moving. This one next week's in Spain. Yeah, we're going to Mercia. Yeah, we fly into Mercia, and it's a place just down the road, Cartagena. Is that how you pronounce it? I always spell it wrong. Cartagena. Yeah. So we're we're going down there to play. So there'll be there's ten teams in the 50, uh, 45 plus. There's fifty plus, sixty plus. They they play in a massive arena, and then it's spread huge over events. two courts. Huge events. It's just it's it's a real buzz because you, when we played in Malaga, we played against Poland. And um, I'm looking at these guys. Man, that dude's old. And then like, he's he, oh, he hit a three, or you know, he's making his oh, he hit another three. And then when you talk to people, they're like, yeah, that guy played for Real Madrid for like 25 years, and you know, he, he's, he's the scoring <laughs> champion in and Spain like, for like five years. And you think what that guy? And then, then you start think, appreciating who like who's that guy? You want to yeah. know more about these these guys in this team? Like, where did you play? So we, when we watched the Spanish play, you found out that they three of them played for Real Madrid, and then they went to the NBA. And you're going, 
but I'm on the court with these ex guys that made names for themselves and they're still 40, 50 year olds playing. I mean, there's 70 plus age group out there. Like, do you remember Ken Walton? Yeah. Ken Walton played 70 plus. These guys are getting wow. up. Don't get me wrong, they're not they're not getting up and down like rapid, but they're getting up and down the court. They're not doing alley oops. No. They're playing zones, but they're they're moving the ball and shooting it. They're getting after each other. They're still just as competitive, like wrapping the ball up, trying to rip it off each other. They're 70 still playing hoops and like you think about it i would never have thought at 50 or 60 i could still play basketball so you can retire every five years and come back <laughs> and go it. up a that's it so yeah two more years i'll be playing the 50 plus hopefully they'll be a bit slower <laughs> my goal is to remain quick so i can run around 55 60 rocks. if someone in the bbl now said to you wow jacks whoa, come back BBL. Whoa. you got a 10 day contract like you're mad you got to come on you're crazy. And you can. We're going to put you up for a shot. I'll just get a green light. Would you take a ten-day contract right now? Go do BBL. No, my wife would kill me. <laughs> Let, I get, let's I get just say it's, it's ten days. Yeah, you got ten days. That's Depends it. on which team it is. If it's London Ooh. Lions, I'm all there. I'm there. I'm going to live in Canary Wharf for ten days. <laughs> my wife can come with me. You go. I What's got. Me? A, I got We've a free got Uber. Yeah. Ten days, babe. Free Uber. I'm going on a London tour. But Elliot, you get, Elliot. You get a ten-day contract. It's not about the money. It's about you got a ten-day contract. So you know there's a fixed limit. You get to get on the court and go and play at that level. Clearly. Yeah, I'll be all well up for that. Just to play on the floor with no lines. Playing, I said to you about missing <laughs> missing the bus. The bus journey is one thing, but I also miss the buzz of the crowds. Like you play local league now, Paul, and it's like there might be three people sat on the side yeah. on, on a bench, and you're sat there going, "Why am I?" I used to do this because a because I wanted to win, but also to please the crowd and get the crowds on your back. Or like if you're away and you hit a three and they boo, you're like, yeah, bring it on, keep booing. And you you want, the crowd was one of the reasons why you played. But now you sit there and you think, there's no one in these school gyms and we're just playing yeah. in school halls. With badminton lines. Yeah, so you have to take a different look at it, different yeah. approach. I spend most of the time playing for handball, joking and laughing on the bench with guys. And it's like, they're, they're trying to concentrate on the game and I'm just bantering everybody on the bench. That's being part of the team as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. like you say about the competitiveness. Well, the thing you've always said about it is, is it was almost more about being on the team as being in the team. Yeah. And part of it is part of something. There's yeah. a camaraderie and you, everyone wants to win and there's, you know, there's a game time, but there's also, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And like the away games, like you said, the, the traveling, sitting on the bus, people think you sat on a bus for four hours and it's like, it was such a laugh. Yeah. Just so what's the camaraderie of Thimbalope then? What's yeah, it's pretty good. My 45 plus team, we all get on. We all went to Malaga. There was there's obviously some issues that went on over there. We had lost we've lost a couple of guys, um, but we retained the core group, and yeah, everyone's just got each other's backs. It's quite nice. And like there are rivalries within that because um, they're not now. Played. Yeah, there's not now. There was you might have seen like I was training with people like Steve Gale that was at Wherever when I was at Solent. Um, you know, Steve Ogan Jimmy was playing with us, and he was at Towers when I was at Thames Valley. We all knew each other, like Jason Swain's now playing with us and he was at Manchester. But there was never, yeah, now we're, I think we've all realised we're old farts now and you, whatever B you had in your bonnet when we were playing is yeah. not there anymore. We're just all happy to be playing hoops again. Yeah. You know, playing with people that played professionally and have the same sort of IQ as you. But also aware that they've got to get over themselves a little bit. You're almost 50 years old. You, you should be grateful to be playing the game at 50 and not, you know, not have some sort of prima donna. You can't be a prima donna at 50. Sorry. 
So that sort of timeline, you know, you're talking around pandemic and everything as well. Yeah. How much do you think your pandemic attributed to? The not the bringing the love back in the game, or yeah. getting on the court and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you, is, was there? Because I guess a we didn't bit. have it for a year, didn't no, we? No, about a year. The pandemic was. We Fimber trials were before COVID. Yeah. So we went and tried out as a team, and we we're like, right, we're going to Malaga. And literally, the year that they went into lockdown was Malaga. So we built for a year to get ready to go to this tournament and they were like, it's not happening now. So we were like, brilliant. So we've worked really hard for a year. We're not going now. We've now got to wait for the pandemic to get over. So we couldn't train during the pandemic. So we were doing essentially just working out at home. Well, trying to keep in you, touch. You could if you're outside. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That was the most the stupidest rule they came up with. If you go into a basketball gym, only six of you are allowed in the yeah. gym. If we meet down the, the park, park, we can all go. We, we were playing five and five. Yeah, they couldn't manage it. It was <laughs> daft. So then we didn't play. So then we just waited. They did like these online challenges where we all tried to do fitness things on Zoom. And then we started our league out of lockdown. And then that I played in that league that I arranged um, to get everybody playing again. And that's when we were a bit like, right, let's go. So there was always the goal of the European Championships. So that was what kind of spurred me on to get through the pandemic. I was, pr- I, f- I feel like I was in pretty good shape during the pandemic because I was doing workouts every day in the garden because you had nothing else to do, eating better. But you couldn't shoot hoops. That was the annoying thing. We set up this uh, Facebook page called Lockdown Trick Shots. So me and a three of my mates, up, uh, Jason Swain, Craig Soul, Chris Wright, we set up a, a Facebook page. So we sent it out saying, right, if you're at home, s- send us in your trick shots. So people were shooting out of the window into their back gardens and sending us video clips. And we tried to design a T-shirt that we would do like a winner. <laughs> we went live one time in the garden. I played horse against someone live in the back garden. Yeah, we tried to keep oh, it going cool. that way. Yeah, a we live playing, horse game. We played with I played with my mate Craig Sorrell down in Bridport. He went live and we were just playing like horse. We were dunking on these low hoops and he had to copy my dunks. And then we were shooting off the walls, eyes closed. And people were tuning in to watch it. It was a bit of fun. But that got us through. Is that still going now? Like trick nah, shots? Oh, that's I, a shame. There was a Facebook page. I didn't know anything about businesses of Facebook page at that point. And we were trying to sell a t-shirt. Like just saying, off, oh, you want a trick shot t-shirt. And then apparently, because we set it up as an advert, Facebook said that that was a breach of their whatever no. their regulations are where you're trying to sell stuff without going through their platform uh, so we okay. got kind of got banned from running that page and <laughs> as soon as we come out of lockdown it just kind of just fizzled out anyway but it was interesting while we did it well he hasn't played on the podcast world's most famous basketball ring yet has he no well, no. To, like, well, not, well not too far away and you'll be on it yeah yeah only two the glory how many, how many guests we've had on now gotta be don't know 10 15 something like that yeah only two people have scored on that ring. Who were those two people? Steve Ware, Fury okay. Legends, and uh, Emmanuel Davis. Yeah, E-Man. Okay. Okay. The last, he is, is third, wasn't it? Yeah, only the, it's three. the third shot. I think do it on the, the, the ring second, closest. The second one, he almost went in as well. Oh, almost yeah. isn't in, Mark. Well, that's so. what she said. So, um, so Fimber, I mean, I've I've said this before. I personally, I don't think there is anything cooler than the Fimber GB stuff. Like, no, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, you you you're playing for your country. Yeah. You've got everyone in it together. Yeah, you've got the under forties hanging out with the over forty fives, the fifties, and stuff like that. Yeah, we get Keith White on the show. And, yeah, and all these things. 
and then you go together and you know you're all supporting each other and then you go for a swim in the pool and have yep. a beer I, I just don't think there's anything cooler and for me that just sums up the spirit of basketball and yep. what it's all about yeah we all stayed in the same hotel hung out I mean, we used to go up to the rooftop pool in the mornings and do like rehab. Guys were like walking up and down in the pool and then other teams would come up and you'd all hang out. So yeah, it's 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 really good. Everyone, they have an opening ceremony. You're experiencing when we go to Italy, but they do like an opening ceremony where you walk around the arena with your, your flag and stuff and everyone claps. And That's very cool. It is quite cool. And then the whole point is to socialize. They normally set up like two or three social events. Like the Swiss ran a party last time so you could buy a ticket to go to their parties and they they threw a party and there was like a yeah at least two or three parties that were run by the organization so then all of the teams go to the same nightclub okay. have a few beers have a few <laughs> drinks see each other chat like even the italian team that we played on the day that night they beat they beat us by three that night in the club they're all wearing their italy shirts and they're coming over their arms around you let me buy you a beer let me buy you a beer <laughs> Like, dude, you just beat me. Get off me. But they, they don't. They honestly don't <laughs> care. They're just like, you have a beer, yeah. You're very good. You have a beer. So it was, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And look, Mark, just put this in perspective for you: is you've got what 10, 10 teams maybe from GB going over to the tournament, but yeah. then you've got ah, oh, I don't know, say ten teams in each league in each division. So it's a load of people. Load of it. people. I love the fact that it's not restricting that age yeah because you just see a lot of professional sports yeah have a shelf life yeah and you every player you look at them playing. and they're talking about them like oh they're halfway through their career they're they're almost at their peak now and you go they're 28 yeah you mean they're at their peak yeah oh, that, that's their prime age you think yeah what that's because that's where their basketball knowledge meets their athleticism yeah so what like a player is way more useful and the, the basketball is just as entertaining for the players as it is for the crowd. Yeah. it's That's great to see and great to see people wanting to participate in it. You know, I, I, d I don't know why this hasn't just, just popped in my mind. The, the podcast you go on tour. Yeah. We, we said this a, a few, few shows back. You should bring it over to, Malag um, to Italy. You interview different people from different countries would be brilliant. Yeah, You're going to do the Spanish translation, Mark. No, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I learned one word when I was over there. It was called Gambio, which means switch. We were literally <laughs> stretching in all the way. Gambio. And I said to the guy in America, what the hell did he say? He means change to the other leg. I was like, Gambio. I was like, that means switch. <laughs> That's all I learned. So have you got a signature move, Mark? Uh, not really. Oh, no. Other than the driving in. Yeah, and hooking people. Uh, hooking. I don't know if I'd say signature one. The one I relate to Mark the most is, you know, he drives in, bam, kicks out. And I, I can actually visualize it in the game that you played at Ports of Force. I, I can recall you doing it like three or four times, like driving in, making that contact, bam, out to thing. I think Ryan scored from that, actually. Um, Probably. To the right. That's the one I think of. But he's annoying because you can't make him go. It doesn't matter if you put him left. <laughs> so we've played him before and someone's going, make him go left. It's like, what are you talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. what's your signature move, Mark? You got one? I don't really have one, no. I used to love a spin move. But that's about it. The driving kick. 
Right, and I went okay. to America and driving for Kip came shoot. It's 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 funny when you hear a one player talking about another player. Like they do this, they do that, and you're thinking, Why do that? It's yeah, remind me what, when you were saying right, yeah. when I remember when you said kick out, I was like, I remember that play. I drove to the left, <laughs> took the spin move. You could see you thinking I went up to block my three and I kicked it out to the corner. That's when I was like I was like, oh, I said, oh, Jackson's still playing. And then it's like, he's National League. Let's see what this is like. And it's like, it's, that move happened. I was like, wow, he's still got it, yeah. Steve. <laughs> Steve, he's still got it. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so Fimber's just around the corner. Yep. Um, I think you might have a tournament in Croatia. Have you, are you guys going, going to the one to in the Croatia? Work. No, I won't. I think that's in no. April. Yeah, it's too expensive. Well, we just had a child, so. Like my wife's oh, on not as much money as we would like at the moment. Uh, how how <laughs> many is that? We can edit okay. that part out no, if that saves your health. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I've got three now. So I've got oh, a 16 wow. year old, 10 year old, and my son Carter was born. He's a five month. Welcome to the club, mate. Have you Welcome got, to the club. Have you got a little one as well? I've got three, yeah. Ah, nice. Boys? Two boys, one girl. Yeah, see, so yeah. Two, three boys. She's in Canada literally right now with him. She flew him over to Canada. Oh, wow. family. Awesome. She took him on a plane, five month old. She's very brave. See, so I'm I'm gonna look at my phone when we're done here to see how many messages I've got. <laughs> wow, that's. No, I'm surprised you've not looked at it already. Like we no, mo- most of our there. most of our guests, it's like bling. I'm literally bling. looking around, going. The, the greatest defender there. of that was another Team GB. Yeah, gentleman. I was gonna say Andy, Andy Rollins. Rollins. He yeah. was looking oh, all the time. He was like that. Hang on. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Be, be home in 10, love. Yeah. Yeah. That, no. I, could, yeah I, could I think it was that. Candy Crush. He was, he was, I he was think he was getting news. I think it's going to be more Painter asking me why I've not dropped off his clothes yet. <laughs> I said, Painter, I'll drop it home and we're on my way home about half eight. Oh, good luck with that. Oh. Yeah, he should have messaged me and gone, Jack, do you realise how long these podcasts are? <laughs> Listen, he knows. He was sat here. Hey, we barely said a word. You're just gas bagging all the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I, I, I don't think we'll be doing our due diligence if we don't say. No. If there's anyone listening who wants to sponsor GB, by all means, um, email podcast at gmail.com and we'll get yep. you, uh, we'll I guess, you in touch, we'll put you yeah. in touch with Nikki. Yeah, um, they're looking for sponsors, aren't they? Yeah. So even if it's a, a small amount, um, I, I, even as low as something like £200, £500, £1,000, I think that's the categories that they're, they're hoping to do. Yeah. It was something is, like it's that, nothing yeah. really. It's like a kit sponsor or shooting shirt sponsor. Yeah. Because, so I mean, I think it goes without saying, you touched on something there and you mentioned to me off air a few weeks back about, oh, well, I've got to go out to this place. Yeah, but it's a bit expensive. Yeah. And people are paying to go represent yeah, the yeah. country. This is it, yeah. And I saw something recently about where money sits from Sport England. Yeah. And where what where money gets funneled into different sports? Yeah, your basketball doesn't get anywhere no, like the no, it's ridiculous compared it's way to down there. Even yeah. it gets lower than horse riding or yachting. Yeah, these privileged sports. Is it above badminton? Oh, I haven't checked that. Oh, oh, I've got to find that one. Find out. out if it's above badminton. If that's above that badminton, is, it's a disgrace. It, it's, it is stopping some people not wanting to play though, like Jason Swain who came to train with us I mean this guy's a Manchester Giants legend scorer would be brilliant and uh, he's, his one words are if he has to pay to play basketball for Great Britain he's not playing but, but we're, I understand we're at our age now now when our own GB men's and women's team don't get funded as much as they should and they're in their prime mm. I, I understand I don't expect Great Britain Association to pay for me to go out 
even if it's a contribute contribution like if we get sponsors it cuts my fee in half yep. brilliant I'm, I'm willing to pay for my flights out to italy if something contributed to more to my hotel yeah you know if they gave us all our clothes for free that's saying something yeah like our two match kits our track suits if that was free i could live with that you know because i think it should be if you're going to make me wear yeah. your logo uh, give me it if he does get in i want you misses i'm gonna say you got video him i'm unpacking that no i i i my understanding is you, you i think they give it to you and do it like a little thing uh, yeah. no i, I need it because it's you're gonna be crying maybe mm. yeah. let's see there's you're a lot of, giant a lot man of, baby you're gonna cry sessions. there's, there's a lot of sessions to go. i'm looking forward to you coming out now man it's yeah. a lot of fun dude well he might well, come we'll as well in never the know. same hotel we meet for breakfast in the morning and hang out and the only way I'm getting on a pitch is if they still allow streakers. Other than that, there's, <laughs> man, there's, there's like you'd have to make your way around the, the place. There'll always there'll be like ten courts going oh. on. There's like literally ten or twelve. What are the courts, courts like? What are they? The ones in Spain, are, yeah, they're nice. Because obviously Spain's they, they massive for basketball. Some some have got arenas around the outside, and some are just like leisure centres. They vary. Some have got like three courts alongside. Yeah, I, I, Spain. They were how many courts? Yeah, there was one. There was like six venues in Spain spread over and there was money like coaches taking people to and from the games. But yeah. I reckon I my theory of if you want basketball and a few other sports like you know, ice hockey and stuff, they wanted that to really take off in lots of other countries. It is just building arenas. Mm. Z said like if you had hundred million he'd buy an arena. Mm. Like you said about yeah, Caledonia I, and stuff. Yeah. If if Portsmouth had a decent venue Mm. that was two and a half three thousand seat at least mm. maybe five thousand you know a proper arena that you could do multi-sports or whatever's going on in there you'd fill it yeah and that's not just in Portsmouth that's well, just you could do it in other places if I win the Euros the Ports of Fury are going in the BBL you said fact. it was wow fact or the Ports of Pirates it'll be one of those that would be oh, cool Pirates or the, right. or the Solent Smugglers nice spin <laughs> Did you watch that Caledonia documentary on yes. BBC? Really like they, that billionaire just came in and was like, well, just make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And in like two months' time, there's an arena built. But it's like Glasgow Rocks, change that over. Edinburgh Rocks. Yeah. Then change that into them. Caledonia. But that that even that arena, they've done the same with uh, Bristol now. Yeah. So Bristol are building one. Sheffield's just got a new one. Yeah. This was one of my points for... Um, the BBL update yes. on Wednesday, but one of my points is the one of the owners of the BBL said not a day goes past where he doesn't get a phone call about a prospectus team trying to enter the league. Good. Interesting, isn't it? Well, you know, they clearly listen to us. Mm. Just saying. Anyway, right. So <laughs> to finish that little segment off, if you want to sponsor Fimba GB, UK Basketball Podcast at gmail.com and yep. we'll get you in touch with your people new. It's we're we're Really, for businesses and stuff like that, it's peanuts. Anywhere between 200 to grand. You can have your name on the kit, logo on the kit, whatever it is. And you know what? A crap load of people are going to see it. A crap load of people are going to be talking about it. It's a cool um, thing to talk about. Hey, if say, they sponsor, sponsored because of the thing. podcast, we'll get them on the podcast. That's a good little thing, isn't it? Do a little advert. Yeah. Yeah. Do a little we'll, jingle. We'll honor that. If you do it through us, we, we will we'll, honor that. We will bring you on. Play their jingle on your yeah. little advert. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Cool. And they can give us some free stuff as well, unless they do things like shoes. Right, right. I got two more, two more things for, for Jacks, it, and 
it was just saying i thought this is really entertaining was the uh the list of celebrities you know also includes famous actors of game of thrones oh neil fingleton the oh big yeah guy. From, yeah he played it neil was at thames teesside seven foot six this guy was huge man we used to come into a reception and played him and he'd he stood in reception lesson and his head would be turned to the side so he could touch the ceiling but he was massive yeah he i played one season against him uh if i'm right i think he played in north carolina i think he played at yeah unc and then yeah like you say he was in the he was the ice giant in game of thrones wow it's nuts not many people can say they play with an ice giant <laughs> no. played against him i remember he caught it in the paint just kind of held it above his head and i remember just standing there like, oh, no point jumping yeah. in there just plop it in mate yes. let me take the ball out of bounds and go what the other can way. you do for that uh, um do you know you've said this thing before where is it five points or seven points of contact between you and anyone else in the world yep do you know you actually uh a one point contact away from someone uh in game of thrones as well me yeah you and me um which is uh, uh, alfie allen played theon Greyjoy. you haven't watched game of thrones theon. have you oh my god no i don't watch it what you you know theon we don't well, you know him you know someone who knows him we went to the same school with him oh wow so we were ojs of um it's just not around anymore st john's college yeah um but when we left he became a first year Ah, so we kind mate, of, of one step shit. away. Game of Thrones is awesome, mate. You need to watch it. I watched it. I think I was like second season. I think it was, and there was things going on. It's like dragons and boobs, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is all right, but just don't, don't slag just, off Game of Thrones. It was just on this. It show. got a bit long. I'm not but, very good with like TV shows and series. If it's a film, I'm there. I'm in. But yeah. then it's like there's an end. There's some episodes though you can't. You have to just start the next one. Yeah, amazing, amazing. With the exception of season eight, it's like yeah. it's do, amazing. I do yeah. have a funny story about Game of Thrones though. Oh, go on. And when I flew to Minnesota, it was on the season finale of the final season of it. Yeah. Showing the final episode or whatever, and my boss at the time was actually he was a massive fan of it, so he we flew in. And in Minnesota, they're actually on mountain time. Oh, wow. Like Denver. Yeah. And stuff. And he got the, or whichever way around it was, he got the time wrong. So he put the telly on thinking, yeah. I'm going to watch it. It's coming on any minute. Oh, live, you mean? Turned it on. Boom. And it was right in, uh, there's, there's a certain scene 20 minutes before the end oh, or whatever. Yeah. And it gave it away. And he was like, what it's on <laughs> and then he just oh. watched the last 20 minutes and saw the big spoiler or whatever it was spoiler and, alert. and absolutely just yeah schoolboy error good yeah. schoolboy error he deserved it right he needs to look up his times mark he needs to be more prepared right so you got mark jackson's career what else could he do he but, could create his own league that's what he could do and that's what you did oh you mean the summer league yeah yeah okay yeah we did it off the back of a little brand that I set up. I got bored in in lockdown. So I set up a little brand with a friend of mine and then my friend decided, you know, he didn't have time to do it. We set up a little company called All In. And then we ran this summer league. We've done it now. This is like the third or fourth year, I think. We run it for 10 weeks in the summer over at Solent Sports Complex. Get some women's and men's teams in, get them competing. We've tried to do some YouTube videos. We try and commentate like yourselves on each game. We haven't got the equipment that you Hold guys on. have got. Hold on, that's you? Yeah. 
Why did I never put the two and two together? Well, do you follow us, dear? Follow him, Mark. Yeah, there we go. We need to get it up higher, though. Big wow, shout out to all UK. Yeah, so we set that up. Uh, we run coaching and sell some clothes and stuff. Um, yeah, because you've been at some of the games. Yeah, we did the Mickey Burns t-shirts. Yeah. Now, didn't we? yeah. So we we sell team wear and match kits and hoodies. and But we run events and we run the Summer Classic. So yeah, it's, it's just a, like a, you could call it a side gig. So the Summer League's the build-up for a couple of weeks. And then and you yeah, have the, the Summer Classic, the big tournament. which is the weekend tournament and bank holiday in August. And then that's in any men's and women's just get together. So even play. like team from Newcastle come yeah, down and play. Anyone, yeah, so we're, what we're trying to do is grow it now that we can offer uh, like hotels. We'd love to hold it somewhere like, like places in Eastleigh, which is a three court, so that we could do, um, we can offer hotels right on the, literally as you come off the motorway. So that's something we're trying to grow every, um, every year. We're trying to make it big, bigger and better, invite teams from different parts. We're going to reach out to university teams to try and get them involved because, um, you know, it's the end of the year, etc. Or we might run it in May. We haven't decided yet. But yeah, we run the Summer League for 10 weeks and then it runs into the Classic. Keeps us busy in the summer. Wow. So what, what what's the aim? How many teams you want? Summer League, we find the way it is. Yeah. It's hard to run a Summer League unless we had a three-court venue. We, we were looking for a partner of so, sorts to help us financially to run the league to take care of like the hall hire because uh if we wanted the facilities of places for three courts we could get way more teams involved and we don't want to charge the teams an arm and a leg to play we want them to play and then not have to worry about that yeah. stuff but yeah 10 10 <laughs> men's te- 12 men's teams and six women's teams we had playing over two courts from six to ten on a thursday night but we'd well, love to have a and spot that you can spot the player who's yeah. arranging a tournament because they're like, I don't want the players to have to do this. Yeah. I want the players yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, I want to play you're, Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, You've got the player's it. head yeah. on going. Whereas well, someone who would just be like, I'm pure chairman, they would be like, no, they can play. That's yeah. right. We want to bring your own water. Big corporation partnership to yeah. come in on us and be on long term. Are you going to offer sponsorship on those? We offer out sponsorship for the weekend, put on team shirts and we put banners down the side of the court, this and the other. So there's opportunities for companies to advertise and generally, if they advertise one year, there's a board made for them. It generally goes up every year. So it's like, oh, okay. you know, you can, even for 500 quid, you'll get your board up. But your board will probably go up every year. So you're, you know, you're going to benefit that way. And if someone wanted to, like, get in touch and sponsor, where would they go? You could you could email us at, uh, well, you can email me at mj at allin.uk.com. So that's my email address or info at allin.uk.com. Anybody wants to get involved with it, yeah. Or the website's www.allin.uk.com. Allin.uk, sorry, allin.uk.com. Yeah. yeah. Well, everything I've heard about the tournament, everyone was raving it from from Portsmouth and stuff like that. I yeah. think there was there was one team. We had Portsmouth th- Jam from our summer league, and yeah. you had a, a, the uni guys went yeah, up as well. The uni guys. So some, that's some of the Fury players went yeah. up there. Yeah. They um, all, everyone gets a summer league jersey that's reversible. You know, they all wear, so they don't wear their own kit or T-shirts. We give them a vest, so they'll get a flip side, like a practice jersey, white and a coloured side, and they wear those in their games. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so it's all logoed up and branded up. Yeah, what I like about it is you get all those characters come out as well. Mm, so you yeah. get, like, 
Mark's playing, the Teasdale brothers, Steve Davison, yeah. but they're also playing with the university guys from Portsmouth. Who yeah, are some of them are National League players, so the actual uh, standard is 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 pretty good. You get some Americans that are over at Portsmouth. You get some yeah. Americans that are at Bournemouth. Like the MVP was uh, an American that played down in Bournemouth. He's now playing Russell. He's playing with the Kestrels. I knew you were gonna yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was our MVP. He was he was awesome. He like almost played for Ports of Force. Did he? And then he switched. I think, if it's the one I'm t- thinking about, he switched uh, like the week before. The, the yeah, game. you probably... Yeah, skinny guy with tattoos. Yeah. Um, I, I, he played... His guard. He would, yeah, he would have played yeah. in that, that Mickey Burns Memorial yes. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, I, to be honest, it made sense. He's from Bournemouth. Yeah. Why would he go and play Div there. 3 when he can play Div 2? kind of makes sense. And it's closer. Yeah. yeah. And he gets sense. to play at... Solon University. Yeah. Come on. Um, Just to play on that court is a bit of a luxury. Well, there you go. So if anyone is interested in playing yeah. or even sponsoring, get in, get in touch. So yeah. when's the next sort of tournament's going to be? It'll be in June. It's always the summertime. Yeah. So when the season's over, then we arrange the summer league. So it's June sort of time. But yeah, if anybody wants to get involved and get in touch and likes the opportunity, then wants to see what we're doing and get in touch. Do you do like a, I want to say like a, a running period or a... If you want to enter, you've got to enter at a certain time of year. No, yeah, you enter. Oh, no. So, like, the build-up to it. Yeah. Yeah, the build-up will probably be around April time. Okay. We'll start publishing it out there and get teams involved. And then they can choose to enter for the 10 weeks. And then at the end of it, we have, like, a presentation evening and stuff. What about international teams? Yeah. It's hard for them because it'll be every week. The Summer Classic, we'd love to have anyone. Like um, I challenge the Italian team to Masters team to come and play. Like this, <laughs> with, with, no, but with, let's, oh, let's can, just go for that. Then. See if they can <laughs> run with a twenty-year-old. I don't think they can. Let's not prove, with prove me wrong. But like with Nikki's Masters that she runs, we'd love to run something like that. Not the GB Masters because that's Nikki's, you know. Yeah. So it's finding courts the hardest thing then that you're, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like Solent Sports Complex. Although it's a beautiful court, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest last year in terms of like organisation and stuff. One of the backboards got broken. It didn't get fixed for six weeks, so we had to oh, find right. an alternative venue. But then places down in Eastleigh is three courts. We could pull all the curtains back and have three games going on. They've got a restaurant. You know, they've got somewhere for you to sit and view. So it would be a perfect venue. But for I think literally for all the whole room, which is three courts, the whole arena. Yeah, they want nearly 1800 pounds a day oh so you're looking at like yeah three and three and a half grand for all those just comes down to the same the thing all the basketball courts biggest but like cost. you get a five grand sponsor and you brand up everything around the outside of the courts that covers it it's doable you know a big company paying five grand to get their boards all around the outside then you're not having to charge everybody so much yeah, that's a real sh- again goes back to venues. If there's venues, there's arenas and, and places. Then you need to refs. Then you need refs. Because obviously, you look when you're in the states. I'd imagine at college level, even the college the college teams, their stadiums are massive. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a college. More money. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll sponsor next year. You never know. Yeah, wow. Awesome. I know you're looking in the. You can uh, come and commentate. You can <laughs> yeah, capture the games. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to do that. You'd be saying, brick, another brick. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, you say that, but I shouted airball and I got did. a dirty look from the ref at, at one of the four screens. Well, you are sat 
because know, of where I was, with well, I wasn't sat. Official smart I wasn't sat with the official. I was at by the door, and then and then someone did it, and it was like, yeah, they didn't like that at all. It was like. I'm not, I'm not an official. I'm not anywhere. No. I'm just someone you watching. come to the Summer League and commentate the Summer League. It's fun. Elliot yeah. Dads and I sit behind the, com- the microphone and we just rip into everyone. Are you, are you, uh, is this commentating live or yeah, commentating so onto YouTube? Just live. Uh, yeah, so both, the I iPad guess. set up and then we've got the little microphone. So we go live on YouTube uh, and okay. then we commentate live while it's going on. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, definitely. It'd I'm up for fun. that. I'm up for we'll that. Get you down. It's it's a lot of fun. I I really enjoy, and it uh, and half the reason I did it was because when the Ports of Force started the National League setup, um, I just wanted to be involved in something, even if it was just turning up with a big drum. I just wanted to be involved in it. I, yeah. You know, I can't play um, that level, um, so um, it was I just want to be involved. So when they wanted the court manager to do the announcing i was like yeah i'm gonna give it a try yeah so it was after a, f- a couple of goes maybe four games it was like this is actually really enjoyable yeah it's well a laugh yeah um your and it's just... biggest criticism is that you don't get to watch the game <laughs> that's the thing you yeah, moan about though, the most because you end up just watching and then you forget what you're talking about it's play by play yeah. that's your folk i mean you'll probably understand what i mean by this but you're so focused on the play like oh, i have my hand on a button here right someone's called three four mark jackson yeah yeah that was an american accent i should have done that um but yeah, so you're really focused on the play. Yeah. Um, You've always said, like, I want to just go sit in the crowd and enjoy the atmosphere. It, just read the tactics, wonder but, um, what's going on. I do love it. I really love the intros. I, I don't know if um, the intro for the away team, I've got this, who are you, who, 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 and it repeats that. Um, and I'm just really monotone, like, and ah, number nine, Mark Jackson. Yeah. And number 12, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yeah, and then bordering on a bingo announcer. Obviously, the uh, you get hyped up for yours. Yeah. You guys turn the lights off and have the smokes, all that stuff. Because well, the they lights, don't do that anymore, the right? lights go down. Yeah, we didn't. We did actually do it for the Mix Memorial yeah, game, but it was so bright outside. The, the windows are over the court. You didn't actually notice. But for the yeah. home games now, when they turn the lights up, yeah, it pitch goes. Black. It goes pitch black, and then you get That's the. Cool. Yeah, now. Anyway, you get yeah, the idea. The way it should be. Yeah, but I really that. enjoy it, and it's it's being involved still. Um, so yeah. yeah, if you want us to come down, we'll come down. We can do a live podcast there, maybe. Yeah, please. Yeah, that'd be so, get you involved. But we are that we are actively trying to do a live podcast at a BBL game now. So that's that's the plan, isn't it? Trying to. Yeah, that'd be good fun. So it would be good fun. It'd be nice to raise it up a little we bit. We have applied um, to the London Lions and do it in the copper box, just awaiting right. reply. Just wait for that. breath. Yeah. <laughs> you went straight to the big gun. We went to the big, well, yeah. Well, the problem is, you go to the league, then you go to them, and yeah. then they all get put on the same list. Yeah. And all the other ones, they're, they're when I say, this probably the second most local, but certainly one of the most accessible teams for us. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the South Coast. So, But when we put the... App- if you're going to go somewhere, let's go When we there. put the application yeah. in, the numbers now have like, you know, we put it in, it was like, oh, you know, we're getting, you know, what is it? 10,000 downloads or something like that. It's like we're in the five to 10,000 sort of bracket or everything. It's like, oh, no, we're in like 35,000 now. Yeah. It's like a different ball game. Yeah. Jumped up. So maybe but we'll put a new application in. Well, I, yeah, I think it's a shame because what is sad is when you look at the numbers of how many people watch a live stream and so forth, there's sometimes a thousand people watching yeah. it or 
five or six thousand watching some of the competitive games and you think they're putting a good product out there but there's there's a disconnect between What's people watching well, i think that's why people like is. the bbl thing because we take out the bs and just say what we think that's oh well think. we do have our own bs that we put well, well. mark <laughs> taking yep. out the bs so i yeah. said mark you both looked at me then like yeah um right what well do you trained. want first? Do you want the one and then the five and a pine, or do you want Mark to shoot first? Um, I wanted to shoot first because it's going to throw. Mark, him off. is that all right? Do you want to take a shot and I call? Let him yep. do the. What do I do? Take the yeah, headphones yeah, yeah. off. Do, let him do the um, the no one everyone else has done. It's not fair to make him do the. Other oh yeah, one. you're not doing the normal. Yeah. Right, we have got Mark Jackson now, taking the long walk to the line. Let's have a look. Oh. Let's have a look. He is. Is he going one-handed? Oh, hang on, Mark. You're using the wrong ball. That'll be impossible. You can use that one if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front of the rim. Oh, it's gone in. That is the first. Wow. That's why he played in the BBL. Rimmed. Rimmed out. Almost two for two. Wow. No one has ever scored that second shot. <laughs> yeah, we are totally leaving. Well, <laughs> maybe, Mark, we should rename the second shot the Mark Jackson shot. That's the, that's or the, the Action Jackson, Jackson shot. shot. That is it. It's gotta be. The action Jackson. Yeah. The action Jackson. Thanks, McBurns. <laughs> for cursing me with that name, Action Jackson. Do you, you want to say that story? Is your last story? That's my. Yeah, Where the name came yeah, from. Right. Mickey Byrne, Mick Byrne, Brixton Topcats, Kiss FM, Underground Station at the time, Spin Move, Action Jackson. That was it. <laughs> DJ said, Action Jackson. <laughs> Mick he Burns would have picked on like, that. Oh, Axel Jackson. Oh. <laughs> that was it. He just ran with it. Cheers, Mick. I need to be calling you that to take the Mick. Yeah. And then it just stuck. And it stuck. Next Lovely. time he saw you, did he say, hello, Action? You're right. Yeah. yeah. That's all you used to get after that. Action. Action. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> right. Mark, over to you. Sorry. Mark Chester, over to you. So, you know the drill. You've listened avidly. Who are you passing the ball to to take that clutch shot? Michael Jordan. No hesitation. I know it's a I know it's a cliche, but I've seen him. I'm not going for a modern player. You're going MJ. Yeah. Because is there a year of MJ? I think others. I don't think they all have the killer instinct like MJ. MJ couldn't care less if he missed or not. He was shooting it regardless. Yeah, that's true. I'm going with MJ. Okay. That's a nice and easy one. The tougher one. Five and pine got your five players and your one on the bench and because you're a coach the rule is you have to pick who's coaching i'm really intrigued to see what he's going to say because yeah your bbl history here nba history players he's played with who's he going to go for i'm, I'm wondering if he's going to put himself on the bench he's going to make this himself five, in. this five are they competing now so like the five guys I played, would I expect them to play in a game now? No. This is just your okay. favourite players. My yeah. favourite players. This, this okay. could be your favourite players. It could All be right. whatever your top five and one. Okay, well, I'm going Steve Nash. At wow. One. Huh? 
big fan of Steve Nash. That's like his first Steve Nash played. entry. First entry. Yeah, he's going at one. Yeah, Steve Nash is at one. Uh, at two. That's tough. Where, where are you going to put MJ? If I had to choose, I'd have Kobe on one side and MJ on the other. Two, three, and yeah, two and three. Right, so Four you, you have five. Steve in the middle, Kobe and MJ. Yeah. Steve loves to pass the ball and the other two like to shoot. Five, I'm going Shaq. He's a beast. And four, I don't know though, Shaq or Jokic. That's tough. I'm going back in my era. At four, just because I'd like to see them play together because it would be hilarious. I'm going to go Barkley. Barkley. Barkley, Barkley, Shaq, Jordan, LeBron, um, Kobe and Steve wow. Nash. What a hilarious five. Just for comical Who's value. on the bench? So we'll make that even more fun. Andre Ingram? <laughs> Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Kurt, oh my Kurt God. Kurt Rambis. He, you brought him up actually, didn't you? Kurt you Rambis were, on the bench. Just you, for comical You value. brought him up about um, with the mullet. Yeah. Yeah. The only, time I, the only thing I remember about Kurt Rambis is he took that nasty foul from Bill Lane Beer when he got him around the neck on that breakaway layup and just threw him to the floor. Yeah. And he got up and tried to fight. No, it's, it's not Bill yeah, Lane, but that was um, a Celtics. Oh, it was Rob Paris. It was Rob Paris. Uh, no, McHale. it was Kevin McHale. McHale, that's McHale who it got was. Around the throat, that was yeah. after Bird turned around and said, you played like a bunch of sissies. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. McHale was like, <laughs> he, he, yeah, 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 yeah let's that. see. He put Rambus on his ass. Yeah, there you go. There's an interesting five for you. Who's coaching? Alan Cunningham. Wow. The legend. <laughs> the legend. I'd like to see. Wow, you like stitched see, Alan up there, I'd like to you? see Alan trying to manage that lot. How are you going to manage that? Jordan playing with Barkley and Shaq. Yeah. And Kobe. Yeah. Like, who, who, like literally Steve Nash, who's going to pass the ball to? He's mm. not, is no winning. Yep. If you pass the ball to Barkley, actually, that's the, that's the comedy move. Who are you it? subbing off? Kurt Rambis when he comes on. Shaq. <laughs> we just take Shaq out, give him a breather. Oh, dear. <laughs> you, that's hard. You, I needed time to think about that. Five, my top five. There's so many to choose. That's, that's a conversation to have for But we, we have hour. so many different people, but look at it. Ryan did the who was playing together, didn't he? He really took that analytical. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who's going to have the chemistry? Uh, we, this, that's an hour long conversation right there. I, I'm fairly sure Ryan. But LeBron straight in, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Straight in. Yeah. Yeah. See, he's I the have the most dominant player, that's what he said. I have MJ on the bench and I still stand by that. Yeah. Because the utter seething rage that he would have being on the bench. Set bench would, yeah, make would you like whispering us here? You're your bench player. Yeah. You're gonna play behind LeBron. <laughs> Just watch yeah. him when he comes on. Um Yeah. No, that is the most dysfunctional five, but it would be hilarious to watch play. Actually, you know what? If you want to think about an alternative five for that, like, and think about it for ages, why don't you do the GB Masters tournament in Spain and come back on and give us an, tell us all about the tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah do I'm that. that. Yeah, it's cool. And then, that. And I'll and have, then a have a proper pick of my five. five. I'll pick the five Italians that probably play that. <laughs> no, I, I'd have a better five, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Wow. Mark. That was that was very cool. Very, very cool. Thank Appreciate you so you much me. for coming in. It's fun. Thanks for having me. Whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm in I'm in charge of these buttons, but I'm always kind of trying to work out when to press them. 
So, Mark, thank you very yeah. much for You're coming welcome. on the podcast. Um, that was a great show. That was brilliant. That was a great show. Yeah, and that would be really cool if you come back in and tell us more, more about your decisions in life and basketball. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, I hope it's been fun for you. No, I've I hope it's been fun, fun thank you. for all the listeners. And if you haven't listened to any of our shows, go back and check them out. We've got at least 40 shows now. I don't know why or how, but we have. It's, I've been Mark. It's been Paul. Yeah, I've been Paul. And um, if you play badminton, just don't. Just don't do it. <laughs> Mark, ever, are you ever fu- again. Oh, Mark's in there on the badminton. I like, I like playing it for a bit of fun, but the lines have Whoa. no business. It's like a child being sport, on the court. That is a terrible thing to end on. I don't mind playing badminton. It's a tough game, but their lines don't need to be on the court. Man. You just crossed the line right there. <laughs>